This is Sass and Brass Podcast with Dana and Brittany, recorded weekly in Madison, Wisconsin. It's a podcast about books and friends and fights about song lyrics. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes or on our website, sassandbrasspodcast.wordpress.com. Hey, Dana. Hey, Sydney. Hi. So this week is a little bit special uh, because my sister is coming up or came up to visit. So we have her on the podcast as a special guest. Welcome. Thank you. What's new? What's happened to you ladies this week? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> um, so I got beat by Spotify tonight and I pissed. So <laughs> what happened? So, with Spotify, you can listen to playlists on your phone if you don't have Spotify Premium. And the song for China's Fast Car, which we'll get to, but I was like, I should listen to the song on my way over to Dana's. I know what I'll do. I'll put just this song on a playlist and then play it in the car. And it seemed like it was going to work. So, let me play the playlist. It played its stupid commercial with Jim Helpert, advertising insurance. And then, after that... It did not play my song. It just played suggested songs that were also by Tracy Chapman, but were not Fast Car. What the heck? And I, like, skipped through five of them, and then it got back to my, back to, like, a screen that was like, do you want to try premium? And it's like, no, I wanted to listen to this one song. So I wanted a playlist with one song. (laughs) What the fuck? So, yeah. Beat by Spotify. Feeling very sore about it, but it is what it is. Understandable. It would be nice to just stream whatever song you want in your car without paying money. I don't know. Do you have Spotify Premium? No. No, I thought you did. I use Amazon Music. Yeah, me too, mostly. Um, cool. Is that your story of the week? That's mostly it. Technology has been awful this week. My phone also wants me to, like, update it with a new software update. Yeah. Um, but there's not enough room on it, so it's telling me to delete all my apps, and I've already deleted all the apps that I don't use. So oh. now it's like, what do I do? Do you have a bunch of photos on there? Yeah. You gotta get rid of the photos. Upload them to a cloud or something. That happened to me. Mm. My last phone, and that was the one true answer. So, sorry. It's <laughs> alright. I'll figure out what to do. Yeah. Well, I went to um, a, a Wisconsin Book Festival event, I think my third of the week. Uh, I went to see Sarah Vowell talk about her new book, Lafayette in the Somewhat United States, about the Marquis de Lafayette, the Revolutionary War hero who is a 19-year-old French boy, man, I guess, by 19, we could say. He had, like, a pregnant wife at that point, um, who, whom he left behind in France in order to come and fight in the American Revolution. Anyway, the book seemed really interesting and good, and Sarah Vell, of course, is, you know, super, super funny, very dry, like, maybe the driest woman I've ever seen mm-hmm. <laughs> in my life speak, but it was really enjoyable, and there was a huge crowd, um, like, a really, like, good turnout for her talk, which is not surprising. She's, like, you know, well-loved. Really the best part of the talk, though, for me was when she got to the Q&A, because she was just, like, uh, unwilling to answer dumb questions in a way that I appreciated. Yeah. Because I feel like, uh, most of the Q&As that I've been to recently, somebody asks a really stupid question, and it's, like, the author will, like, very graciously answer the question anyway and not act like it was a stupid question, but I secretly imagine, like, I imagine that they're secretly annoyed about it. Um, and I think, like, women especially probably, like, ask really dumbass questions and, like, have to sort of be kind and, you know, answer them. And Sarah Val was just like, I actually don't care to speak about that. Like, it wasn't even, like, private or anything. She just wasn't interested in, like, you know, talking about 
in this case, George Washington's laundry bill, <laughs> which, like, why would anyone want to talk about that? And, like, clearly, I don't know, to me it just seemed like this guy wanting to make an example of his own knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. he knows something about George Washington's laundry bill, and now he's going to play quiz the author, and does she want to talk about it, too? And it's like, <laughs> no, I don't want to. Next question. And uh, she yeah. shut a couple people down like that. And, like, the, the thing about it is she did it in such a way that everybody was able to kind of laugh at it, and the person could, like, graciously laugh at themselves and, like, sit down without seeming like an ass <laughs> or looking too stupid. But I appreciated that a lot, because I went to... Um, I, I think I talked about this a couple ep- episodes ago. I went to Kate Harding's talk for her book, Asking For It. Mm-hmm. And so it was, like, mostly women at this talk about this book. There are two guys in the crowd, and I think they each spoke... The, the two of them combined spoke five times yep. in a room where there were 30 people tops, most of whom were women. The men in the room spoke five times, even though there were only two of them. And they mostly said asinine things that were not actual questions. Yep. And Kate Harding handled it beautifully. Like, she she was the epitome of, like, the author who graciously answers the question, engages with the person, and, like, sort of uh, moves the conversation on. But as somebody who almost didn't get her answer question, because some old fucking man <laughs> was, like, talking about back in his day, and he actually, like, made a weird reference to his, like, the size of his own penis or something, like, in the comment. Hmm. Which I don't even know how he did. Like, he had two minutes to speak, and that's, he brought it up somehow, like, made an allusion to, like, himself in the sack or whatever, and all of us died inside. Uh, anyway. For, like, the forefront of his mind at all times. Probably. He's just, like, probably he came because he knew there'd be a bunch of women, and he was gonna get an opportunity to talk about his dick. I don't know. Either way, very disgusting and upsetting. Um, so I, I think Sarah Vallow is, like, maybe gonna be my new model for, like, dealing with bullshit in life. Like, <laughs> I don't care to talk about that next, you know? Yeah. So, that was my big experience of the week, I would say. Sid, what's up with you? What have you... Well, on my day off on Monday to get away from kids and be on my own, I went to the Milwaukee Public Museum, where there were just tons of kids. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently knew that I enjoy kids and felt the need to continue coming up to me and talking to me about exhibits and their life, and I don't know them, but... (laughs) <laughs> it was a fun experience on my day off. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what you do. Um, well, I work at a summer camp uh, year-round. I mostly am an outdoor education instructor, so I work at a rock wall, a team's course. Um, sometimes I teach at an inflatable planetarium for hours on end. <laughs> um, and then I teach canoeing and things like that. So your day is, like, literally children all day long, basically. basically yeah. Yeah. You were telling me earlier about, like... Like, kids have, like, a sixth sense about you, almost. Like, because there was that kid at Old Navy who, like, saw you and then started performing tricks with his shopping cart, like, for you. <laughs> it was like he knew. Yeah, I don't know. What, I didn't even look at that kid. I w- tried my best to ignore him, but he knew. Yeah, because you also feel responsible for entertaining kids yes. in public. Yeah, I had a really hard time with the trick-or-treaters yesterday, not, like, stopping and talking to each of them about their costume and what they did, and... What kind of candy they got, it's not my responsibility to interact with every child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's only your job some of the time. Well, I'm sorry about your day off. (laughs) It was okay, it was interesting. It was interesting anyway. Yeah, you need to go to like a a bar or something on your day off. There won't be any kids there. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'll go by myself. (laughs) 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 To the bar. (laughs) Okay, Friday at like 10 (laughs) a.m. Really normal. (laughs) Speaking of old men who you don't want to interact with, that's exactly how to meet them. Sorry to be such, like, a misandrist on this show That's so fine. often. Yeah, I know you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, we went to that um, 
that Brian Stevenson reading. We did. Which was wonderful. Yeah. He was great. Very gracious. Very kind. Um, we only got into one fight with old people, so <laughs> yeah. that was a win. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even that, that bad, really. No, you just, like, and I mean, they had it coming. Like, you just shouted sternly at them. Yeah. And, uh, like, you know. So, what happened was, <laughs> the, there were, like, 1,500 people packed into, um, a room that's probably about the size of, like, a high school gym and a half. So, jam-packed. Um, there are chairs set up in rows, and you exit it by going down the row of chairs to, like, the aisle. Um, and we were going down, like, one aisle, and we get over to the other one, so we start going down this empty aisle of chairs. Meanwhile, these two old people in the next, like, chair aisle notice that the chair aisle next to them is empty, but they don't turn their heads and look backward to see us coming down that aisle. So they just move the chairs into our aisle, effectively blo- blocking us off, and proceed to, like go on their merry way. So I might have shouted things like, cool, that's really helpful. Um, and then <laughs> the old lady was like, well, we would have put them back if there was time. Which was a lie. They were not going to put them back. No. She didn't. And also, If there like, was time for what? <laughs> yeah, no, they were not going to. She was a liar. They had absolutely no intention of putting the chairs back. They did not care that they thoroughly blocked our exit. And, like, at first I was just going to crawl over the chairs and be like, uh, bite my ass. Like, no, you're not. Whatever. I don't know. I'm like... I, I don't ever want to be disrespectful to anyone, but I will say that I am really severely lacking in whatever department causes people to have reverence for older adults. I'm like, I just, it's not there for me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll treat you respectfully if you are also respectful. Am I going to treat you respectfully because you have been alive for a long time? No. <laughs> That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, just one fight. Yeah, it was good for us. It was yeah. a good public outing. I, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> Only mildly disruptive. Yeah. Yeah. So what is everybody reading? Let's go one by one. All right. Do you want to start? Sydney, what are you reading? Uh, well, I'm actually listening to an Audible book, um, mostly because when I'm in my cabin by myself at night, I just need some noise, and that, so it's not scary. Yeah. Um, but I'm currently listening to... Three Wishes by Leanne Moriarty, um, which is pretty good. I just started it, so I'm not entirely sure what it's about, but the narrator is absolutely awful and takes pauses in weird places oh. and whatever, but it seems like it's going to be an interesting read, so. That's good. Brittany? Um, so, still working on Proust. I'm trying to get through around 50 pages a night or so. Um, didn't quite hit that target this week, but I'm still working on it. Um, I also started reading Mary Carr's The Art of Memoir. John brought that home from Whitewater, so, um, just started reading that. Mary Carr's great, as always. There's some interesting, um, questions about, like, what is the truth, and what is truth in memoir, and, like, how closely do you have to adhere, and what are the different standards? Um, so that's been interesting. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much the sum total of my current reading. What about you? Uh, I am only listening to... Yesterday I listened to The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, um, because I wanted to do something, like, kind of festive for Halloween while I cleaned Mm -hmm. up my home, and I would say that it was just mediocre, and there... Like, like it was good, right? It's, like, it's good, but it's also, like, there's some really fucked up racist things in there, um, and it's creepy. Like, it's, like, a fun, creepy thing, but then there's also this disgusting scene where Ichabod is, like, imagining... He's looking at a farm... Like, a farmyard full of living animals, and he's imagining, like how he would eat all of them, 
But, like, even describing them as meat, it's very creepy. Like, they'll be tucked away beneath a blanket of pastry like a snug married couple dressed in their own gravy. And it was like, that is disgusting. <laughs> like, yeah. it is disgusting. And, like, even if I didn't, even if I still, I don't know. I, I don't think that I'm disgusted just because I don't eat meat anymore. I think it was just, like, a weirdly fucked up thing in general, maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that sounds like some weird metaphors. Yeah, but I do, like, I do really like all of the descriptions of the countryside uh, of New York, and even, like, the descriptions of the food when he finally gets to a party where there's actual food and not just, like, barnyard animals. Um, It's very, like, beautiful and lush. Like, the descriptions are all very lush, but um, I don't know. I would say it was, like, an hour and 40 minutes wasted, perhaps. (laughs) But whatever, a bit of behind me. I'm also reading Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States, which is, like, really great if you just want to feel more cynical <laughs> about society at large. It is really good, but it's just interesting to to kind of read about how the Revolutionary War was, like, also a tool for, like, the suppression of, like, class disputes. Mm-hmm. But once they... I mean, it, it was it was convenient for a lot of reasons, and there, there were great reasons for the American Revolution, but for wealthy landowners who, you know, were interested in, in independence from Great Britain... It was also a way to, like, convince, like, the people around them who were much poorer and perhaps really angry about how poor they were compared mm-hmm. to their much wealthier landowning counterparts. It was a way to, like, kind of suppress all of the, the rioting um, and the rebellions that were taking place at the time over, you know, like, wealth disparity. Right. So that was depressing but good and slowly working my way through that. That's cool. all that I'm reading currently. I should say that I'm also listening to Dave Ramsey's audiobook of The Total Money Makeover. Yeah. Um, I do listen to Dave Ramsey's podcast several times a week. Um, it is a weird thing that I do, but um, decided I would just go back to the basics and listen to the audiobook. I think he's mellowed a lot. Yeah. Like, he just seems a lot happier in his, like, day-to-day show than he does on the audiobook. On the audiobook, he's very like, you're going to do this, and it's going to be great, but I'm kind of mad about it. Oh. And, like, on the show, he's more of, like, a cheerleader who sometimes gets, like, mad about Obamacare. Um, huh. So, I don't know. It's been interesting. I feel like it would stress me out for him to be angry while also discussing money issues. Yeah. Me. I would not suggest that you read the audiobook. Okay. I mean, I've, re- I've read the book, but I, I've not listened. I've never listened to his podcast either, so I have no take on Dave Ramsey's voice or demeanor. I mean, he's pretty ridiculous. I feel like I can do a pretty good impression at this point. I'm not going to right now, but... Really? Yeah. Um, if you insist. <laughs> um, but it's, like, worth a listen. I mostly just like advice shows, so if... I might just listen to call-in shows where people being like, I have this problem, what do I do? So I'm being like, I'm an expert, I'll tell you, here's what you do. Yeah. It'd be great. What are you watching? Um, not watching very much. Mostly stuff on the Food Network. On Netflix, so, food, like, the Food Network collections on Netflix. I've been watching the Great Food Truck Race this yeah. season. Um, it's been, like, okay. Mildly interesting. Um, everyone gets really sad when they get voted off, but at the same time, it's, like, do you guys have any idea how businesses work? You have, like, video evidence that you can, like, run a food truck and that people think your food is good. Like... All you need now is some, like, investor to invest in your food truck that you've already marketed. Yeah. And then you can recreate it once you get home. Like, their life is not ruined because they're not on the show anymore? No. This is, like, great exposure and, like, here, someone else paid for my food truck. Or even if, like, they wanted to get, like, a small business loan, like. Yeah, yeah. 
here's proof I can run this business and do this thing. It's a resume builder even if you get booted. Yeah, exactly. Huh. So, um, so yeah, that's been fine. Um, <laughs> also watched some horror movies um, as part of the list. Dress to Kill and The Tenant. Both were like okay, not my favorites. But movies I'm excited for are coming up. Um, the Vin Diesel Witch Movie. Mm. Um, which I think is actually called The Last Witch Hunter. I think I committed to seeing that with you. You did. So <laughs> we're going to see that. So we're both excited, I guess. And then Macbeth with my backup husband in it, which Ugh. I'm very thrilled about. Um, Are we talking about Michael Fassbender? Yes. Mm. Macbeth with Michael Fassbender. And mm, her name starts with an M. Like Marianne Coltiard. Colt- yeah. Marianne, yes. Um, she's Lady Macbeth, and it's very dramatic and has high production values, and it's going to be great. Um, so really excited for that. Might make John seat with me, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, and then Suffragette, when that ever... The 13th. Yeah. It's coming to Madison on the 13th. Okay, great. So so we'll see it on the 13th. Yeah. 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 So it's a good season for movies. I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm still really excited for Suffragette, even though I'm extremely annoyed that it is... Taking so long to get yeah. here? Yeah. Also, like... I could be mistaken about this, but I want to say that women had the right to vote in Wisconsin before other states. Mm. I could be mistaken, but I want to make that assertion. I have never heard that, but that does I'll not I'll cut it out wrong. if it's not accurate. Oh, no, but you have to leave it in. You just have to leave it in and add, like, a postscript. By the way, Dana Long, I was wrong about this. No. Yeah, that's what you have to do. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have to. Also, I'm the only one who knows how to edit the episode, so you can't make me... Um, yeah, the only one who knows how to post things on Facebook. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if that is an accurate statement, it really pisses me off if they're not fucking showing Suffragette here in a timely fashion. Like, why should people elsewhere, i.e. the East Coast and the West Coast, get to see it before us? It's garbage. Anyway, that's that's my rant. Um, Sydney, what are you what are you watching? Uh, well, working at camp, I get to work with a lot of international folks, and my English friend Ethan introduced me to this British comedy called The Inbetweeners, about these four high school boys, um, they're 17-year-olds, so it's kind of basically their first encounters with, like, girls, drugs, and alcohol, and things like that, um, (laughs) and there are pretty much no limits to how far they take things, so, although it can get fairly raunchy at times, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to watching the movie. Yeah. Um, shortly. I'm calling that my watching for this week, too, even though you just introduced me to it earlier today. Yeah. Because it's, like, easily the funniest thing that yeah. I've seen this week. And oh, also, I'm not good. watching anything new. Sure. Uh, I also went and saw that movie, The Intern, this week with Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro. Oh, how was yeah. that? Yeah. It was pretty good. I mean, it's pretty predictable, I mean, as you can guess. Mostly it was filled with great clothes, and Athlete just looked great in every shot. That's a huge draw for me. Yeah. Movies and TV it was, shows. The whole, the whole movie was pretty beautiful. Every home and their workplace and just the streets, <laughs> it was really beautiful. Um, but it was, it was good. It was funny. But mostly I saw a preview for uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler's movie, Sisters, oh. which is looks promising. Cool. I'm excited for that one. I feel like the only reason I watch The Devil Wears Prada over and over is because I like all the clothes. Yeah, yeah. and like her makeover and how great she yeah. looks after the makeover. I Like I said, I'm, I'm calling The Inbetweeners is my watching, and I saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show on Saturday. It wasn't the first time I've seen it, but it was the first time in a couple of years. Um, and then I read an article on the Mary Sue about how it's like harming trans women 
so I don't know how to feel about it because I'm still so like blown away by Tim Curry Mm -hmm. and that lingerie when he first comes down the elevator. My God. Yeah. (laughs) What a man. Agreed. I don't know. I like, I feel like I want to watch that movie in the privacy of my own home though, because the shouting that goes on during the film is so intense that you can't hear all the dialogue. Yeah. And sometimes it's super funny. Like you get like a real clever individual in the house who like knows all the, the right jokes to make at the right times and it's cool. But I would say that was only, like, a quarter of the time, and the rest of the time I just couldn't hear what was going on. And uh, so it doesn't it has never made sense. Like, I think I get the general plot line, but I would like to hear more of the dialogue. At the same time, do I really want to waste my time watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> when I could watch other things? I don't know. Like season five of VR. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't act like that's not a good value. A good use of my time. Like, George Clooney's gonna leave soon. I don't know why or when. I have to find That's out. True. That's also, true. Luca uh, will be coming shortly, I believe. He's gotta be coming, so. Luca is not that great. Oh, he's pretty excellent. Mm. I'm pretty convinced. Mm. And what are we listening to? Pretty much just that Dave Ramsey audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm getting foiled by Spotify, so not listening to a lot of things there. <laughs> Apparently, there is supposed to be a good audiobook version of On the Road, but I am skeptical. Oh. Um, also, the person who told me about that audiobook was Jason, um, who we both used to work with. Yeah. Um, and he was really, like, animated and excited about it, which was, like, interesting, because I typically, like, experienced Jason being, like, much more mellow. Yeah. Um, but I also said, like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Maybe I'll check it out. I don't know, though. On the Road was pretty mannish. And he looked at me like he didn't know what I was talking about, and I was like, oh, this is shorthand that not everyone understands. Um, <laughs> Why don't you explain it? I mean, it's just super managed. Like, um, it's Dean Moriarty and Sail Paradise and their travels on the road and how they, like, meet other dudes and, like, I don't know, have sex with and leave women. And, like, there's not women with, like, strong a strong sense of agency anywhere in the book. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Why would they need that? Why, like, why would that be an essential part of a good book? It was written in the 1950s, mm-hmm. so <laughs> you know, back before why. women were speaking loud, people could know them. Sorry, I'm being a shithead. I've never even read it. I mean, I do not like the book. I have never liked the book. When I had to read it in college, I asked my professor why it was considered good literature, and he had to explain it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, the light, like, the cadence of the the book is very beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it has, like, an important place in culture or whatever. But, yeah, super, man- super mannish. And that description, I guess, just doesn't resonate with people. <laughs> I don't talk to you about books all the time. Yeah. Um, so that was an interesting and awkward pre-meeting conversation. Um, I really want to put together a good Sunday morning playlist. Um, like, something that's sort of mellow, but, like, upbeat and hopeful. Probably has some, like, CCM classics from my childhood. Yeah. Um, although it would start with Sunday Morning by the Velvet Underground, so I'm not sure how those two things would <laughs> jive together. Velvet Underground, then DC Talk is great. But yeah, so I'll probably be working on that, maybe have that to talk about next week. What about you? I have been mostly listening to podcasts lately. Uh, I've discovered that it's, like, my favorite way to get up and start the day is, like, take a bath and listen to some fantastic podcast. This week, I was really enjoying Call Your Girlfriend, but also Another Round has been fantastic. Like, it's just been really, really excellent. I love that podcast. Um, so they had ta Coats on recently, and that was really great. 
because he's such, like, I mean, he, I, feel, I feel like he's not, like, such a serious person. Like, his presentation mm-hmm. is not, you know, all that serious, but he always is writing about, like, serious and, like, not especially hopeful subject matter. You know, it's pretty heavy. And even when he's speaking, like, he, I think he is kind of, like, lighthearted but fairly grim about the world at large um, and mm-hmm. understand, like, fairly so, I would say. I tend to agree <laughs> with his outlook. But um, when he was on another round, they really, they, they just asked the same questions they asked of everybody. And some of them are, like, very serious questions, and they're great. I think I think that Heaven and Tracy just do an amazing job interviewing people. But one of my favorite things about their interviews is that some of the questions are completely ridiculous. For example, what does Barack Obama smell like? That is such a ridiculous question to ask ta Coates. Uh, but it was great, and he was great, and I highly recommend that episode. And then the other day, Lena Dunham was on, and when they were like, our, our guest today is Lena Dunham, I was like, bleh. Um, and I was like, <laughs> I bet they didn't even want her on there, and they, like, just had to have her on there, because she's having, like, she's gonna have a BuzzFeed podcast, too. Mm, is and she? She is, yeah. Um, and I was like, I, I'm sure this was, like, something, wasn't something they chose. And I felt kind of, like, validated, because they're like, we're gonna have her do a special segment called white women need to do better. <laughs> like, um, she was great though. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. Like I usually cannot stand Lena Dunham and I think like I maybe misjudged her a little bit. Like I think that, I don't know. She's got some like really redeemable qualities, like such as her willingness to be very publicly humble. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a lot of humility going on there that I appreciate because she is like a fantastically talented and like successful person who has, like, publicly fucked up and said and done things that are, like, just, like, questionable in terms of, like, her politics, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but she, but she like, did a good job of, like, kind of accounting for her behavior and saying, you know, I want to learn, I want to be better and, you know, respond well to criticism. And, like, she also said a thing that I thought was really interesting. She she gets criticized all the time, all over the place. Because, like me, a lot of people hate Lena Dunham, <laughs> maybe unfairly, but in some cases, you know, she needs to be called out, um, like, I would call her, I would say that she's, like, guilty of some of that, like, shittier white feminist stuff, Mm -hmm. um, which is just not cool, but she does a nice job of responding to all of that, and the thing that she said that was so interesting to me is that she feels like she didn't know there wasn't not, that there was another way, like, she didn't know that you could just be like, whatever, I'm just not gonna answer to this, and, like, like, rise above all of this criticism, even the stuff that's legitimate, which I thought was, like, like, kind of, like, spoke to her humility a little bit. Hmm. Like, the fact that she didn't think that she could just get away with stuff. Like, she felt like she, oh, I'm being taken to task. Naturally, I need to, like, sit with this and wrestle with it and hold myself accountable, which is cool. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't say she's, like, my new favorite person. I still feel irritated by her a lot. Uh, And maybe just, like, irritated in general by, like, how people kind of point to her as, like, the voice of, like, young women who are, like, our age and white. And, like, I do not feel represented by her, and I'm annoyed by that. But I, I think I'll probably listen to your podcast. And I signed up for her newsletter and stuff, so. Lenny. What up, Lenny? Woo! Yeah. Yeah, and that's about all I've been listening to is Podcast City and that shitty recording of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Great. Yeah. Good. Sid, what are you listening to? I don't have any thoughts about what I'm listening to, but I recently downloaded Hosier's album, his self-titled album, and it's great. It's, like, a good mix of, like, take me to church type stuff, and then some more chilled out things, um, the, the, this one song called In a Week, with, I don't know who's the featured artist in it, but it's really beautiful, and, uh, a couple others that are really nice to listen to, it's a good fall playlist. Cool. 
Yeah, I think I might check that out since you're telling me about it. I can't believe I didn't bring this up. When I'm not listening to podcasts, the only other thing, the single thing I'm listening to is Adele. Uh, like her song Hello, which was released two weeks ago. Has it been two weeks? Was just last Friday. Yeah. So her single's been out for a week now, and I think it's incredible. And you texted me. I wouldn't even have known to listen to it until you texted me and said, you gotta listen to Adele's single. But, yeah, yeah, that's great. And also the video's amazing. And, like, I've been really trying to bump up my eye makeup game ever since I saw it. Like, clearly two coats of mascara is not enough. (laughs) When you can't afford false eyelashes, you just gotta keep going. Um, Yeah, I can't wait for that album. I bet it's gonna be epic. Are we ready to talk about Fast Car? Everybody's feeling sobered by life, <laughs> ready to discuss. Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. You get a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere Any place is better Starting from zero, got nothing to lose Maybe we'll make something Me, myself, I got nothing to prove So this is a really sad song about upward mobility and how it doesn't work. So I was thinking about that, but also thinking about the way the song begins. And one of the reasons that I think that it's so successful is because it is about that, but it also isn't. Um, Like... Clearly there's a narrative that takes shape throughout the song yeah. and throughout the lyrics, but um, that's not what it opens with. It opens with that like super relatable sequence that you could see in any like I don't know, um, any like teen drama on WGN. Yeah. If that is still the thing that the kids listen to. <laughs> <laughs> or like even in like I don't know, shit on ABC Family, like Yeah. Um like, this young girl is, like, fed up with her town. Any place is better. Yeah. Some dude's there with a fast car, and she doesn't have anything to prove, and she just wants to be with him. Um, and so, like, it starts with that, and it's a sort of universal feeling, I think. And uh, maybe not in some ways. I mean, maybe some people were really great at high school, and, like, the kings and queens of high school, and... They weren't planning to run away. Yeah. They didn't think about where they would run away to. Yeah, they never felt like this. But yeah. I feel like I felt like this. Yep. There wasn't any dude with a fast car, but if there was, it would have been all <laughs> over that. Um, but just a sort of, like, restless, like, urge to, like, get out and do something different and be something different. Yeah. Um, And then, like, after that, that verse, the narrative starts. And I think that... um. Um, so, like, as the song keeps going, you realize how, like, stacked the deck is against this girl. Yeah. Um, and against, like, her chances of getting out, um, and doing something different. Um, and I think one of the reasons that it's so effective as someone who is from, like, a relatively comfortable, like, middle class background. Yeah. Or whatever, is you realize how stacked the deck is against the, the girl in this song, and, like, there's part of it that, that's empathy, like... Everything is so hard, like, so bad, and you just, like, feel for it. But you start to wonder, like, how stacked the deck is against you, too. Um, And I think that that has, like, an extra element and part of, like, why this song resonates when other songs don't. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I think you're right. And I think, like, probably people who are not 
listening all that carefully or, like, didn't listen to the song dozens and dozens of times, like, did not catch her full story anyway, you know what I mean? So they're mostly, like, getting the, the chorus about... So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car, speed so fast, I felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before us and your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder and I, I had a feeling that I belonged. Driving in the car, speed so fast, felt like I was drunk, you know? They're getting mm-hmm. that, which I think is, it's, it's like, incredibly hopeful and, like, thrilling sounding, and it's very attractive yeah. to folks. I don't know, I just, like, don't have a whole lot to say about this. I remember hearing it, like, I, like, I heard it all through my childhood, right? Like, mm-hmm. we listened to pop radio mostly mm-hmm. uh, with mom, yeah. and, um, yeah, like, heard this over and over again. Definitely didn't listen to it very closely until it was, like, a part of some VH1 roundup, and then I, like, watched the video, and, yeah, like, it's it's a really depressing story, this whole situation with her dad, uh, and, like, I, I get the impression that, I don't think that it ends on, like, a happy note. Like, no. I get the impression that she's did not get out, isn't getting out kind of thing. That's not quite the impression that I got. So, the way that I read this narrative, so, so like you mentioned... The, like, second verse starts to spell it out. See, my old man's got a problem. Yeah, but the bottle, that's the way it is. He says his body's too old for working. His body's too young to look like his. My mama went off and left him. She wanted more from life than he could give. I said, somebody's got to take care of him. So I quit school, and that's what I did. Her dad's an alcoholic. He can't work anymore because mm-hmm. of his, like, alcoholism. Her mom leaves because she can't live with this man anymore in there. Yeah in their home and she feels really responsible for her family and for her dad. So right. she quits school, takes care of him, works at the convenience store, then meets like fast car guy and has all these hopes and dreams for the two of them. And it seems like he's maybe going to play along with it. And even though like things are really hard and she's working the supermarket and like also living in a shelter with her kids, she still has hope, but it becomes clearer and clearer that um, she and fast car man are sort of replaying her parents relationship um he's at the bar all the time um probably has like some alcoholic issues and she leaves too i get the impression she leaves earlier but i think the fact that like that chorus um that sort of encapsulates like the the perfect moment of being in love like replays after she leaves so it's a sort of like tenuous thing it doesn't feel quite permanent why do you think that she left so like the situation is like it like talks we, we kind of go through her life so she dropped out of school to take care of mm-hmm. her dad works in the market as a checkout girl um it sounds like they make it out of the shelter into a house that he is not in like because he's, he's staying out and they have kids together and they're like living in this house where do you think she leaves so i think that lyrics that we're looking at aren't quite what i've heard in um the like third to last, the third to last verse. But um, you got a fast car. I've got a job to pay all our bills. I'd always hoped for better. Thought maybe you and me together would find it. What I heard was you got no plans. You ain't going nowhere. So take your fast car and keep on driving. So I got the impression that like in those lines she kicks him out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that um, the sort of send offers where there's also like a turn there. You got a fast car. Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision. Leave tonight or live and die this way. 
at the end that flips. Yeah. And it's, you gotta make a decision, leave Schneider, live and die this way. Um, so the impression I get from that is that they're not together. Yeah. And it's like, you have to figure your shit out. Yeah. Um. But she's still not getting anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, she's still in this situation. She's not leaving. You see what I'm, like, so their relationship splits up, but it's not like she's the one who's going away in the fast car. Like, he is the one who has the ability still to leave, and she's, like, stuck. She's not going anywhere. She even says, I ain't going nowhere. Like, I think, so take your fast car and keep on driving. Like, she kicked him out, but she's still trapped in this situation, you know? Right. I think that, I think it depends on whether you hear I or you in the... I got no plans, I ain't going nowhere. We'll have to look. I'll, like, include that bit. I'd always hope for better. Thought maybe together you and me find it. I got no plans, I ain't going nowhere. Take your fast car and keep on driving. Because I definitely heard you, and it seems like when you get to that verse, like, she's probably not, I mean, living the high life or anything like that, but she has a job that pays all their bills. Yeah, no, she's okay. Um, so the impression I have is that, like, she's stabilized, he's not pulling his weight, and, like... If there's a makeup life for her and her kids, she knows that he has to go. Yeah. Alright. I don't have a lot more to say about this song. Like, it's just, it's just pretty heartbreaking, mostly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it, it don't, I, I really get the feeling that he never had, like, the same intentions as her at all. Like, this is all, like, her hope and her idea of, like, how things could be, and he was never mm-hmm. really down, like, and for her, like, the fact, I don't know. I don't know. The end. <laughs> the end? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's really, like, heartbreaking, both from, like, the social mobility angle, also through, like, the idea of of cycles repeating. Like, you always want to yeah. think that, like, I'm either one, do something different, or, like, break the cycle. Yeah. If you come from a shitty background. Um, and I think, like, that eventual realization that, like, maybe I wasn't is always hard. Um, and you get that in this song, too. Also, like... In that, the part that always, like, makes me start, like, crying if I'm singing along, it's all sad, of yeah. course, but the part that, like, makes me start tearing up is in that chorus where she's like, I have the feeling that I could be someone. Yeah. Because I feel like that, too, is, like, the sort of universal truth in the song. Like, everyone has felt that feeling at least once. Yeah. And wants to write it as long as you can. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that is really tragic. It's like the like that feeling dying for her. She's like reliving it, you know, like mm-hmm. remembering what it was like to be in this fast car. Uh, but obviously it's gone. Like she yeah. had the feeling, it's gone now. That is really, really uh universal and also tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Sid, what do you have? What do you got? Um, well, I was thinking about all the stuff you were saying about it and I definitely agree, and especially at the end about the the beast and one. Throughout most of the song I feel like it's she sings it really strong, and it sounds like a really nice story, except for that line. Yeah. About be someone. Be some, that's yeah, the only part where it, like, trails off, and you can kind of feel what the song is actually about, whereas, like, when I was listening to it growing up, I never got the impression of it, like, being a sad song, but, but that particular line. I, I had a feeling that I belonged. I, I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone. Someone. Yeah, like because it does, it has that chorus that picks up. But yeah, that part, like when she returns, like returns from the chorus, which is like soaring, kind of the experience of being in the fast car. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's moving along, and she's like singing up and outward for the first time. The rest of it's like kind of like, like, like low and it's storytelling. Exactly. Like it's, yeah, yeah. Got a rhythm to it, and 
yeah, story. Yeah, but the chorus really gets going, like them in the car, and then, you know, as she, like, leaves the memory of that experience, it is, like, it, it's like her coming down again, that be someone, yes. be someone, it's yeah. lower, and, yeah. So, this is, like, sort of off-topic, but Sydney and I were discussing earlier the points in our lives when we realized that Tracy Chapman was a woman, um, <laughs> because, like, that wasn't clear to me until I, like, saw the video on VH1, and it's like, oh, it's, she's a woman with a beautiful voice, and I thought she was a man this whole time, <laughs> and a lot of things didn't make sense about this song. Um, I mean, like, mostly they did, but I don't know. Anyway, also, like, this, I mean, this song in uh, Give Me One Reason to Stay Here, mm-hmm. uh, another one of her big singles, it sounded like a man to me for a long time. <laughs> it, it was a literally September, I heard this song with my roommate, and she was like, oh, did Tracy Chapman ever have any other songs? I really like her voice. And I was like, oh, her voice? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> did you always know? Um, I don't know. I think maybe. Good job. I didn't really listen to the song very much until I was in college. Yeah. And then I had the internet, so. Yeah. What year did this song come out? Did we 1988, it's at the bottom? 1988? That's earlier than I would have guessed. Yeah. yeah, this played, like, all through our childhood, though. I yeah. feel like we must have heard it four million times on the radio. Yeah. It's a winner. Yeah. Do we have anything Very else resonant. to say about it? I don't think so. I don't think so, either. I really wish that the music video was available on YouTube, because um, it wasn't a bad video. Yeah? Overall, yeah. Like, it was, It was like, mostly, it had, like, a, the, like a very unplugged feel, where it's her singing um, kind of, like, alone against a dark backdrop. I think she's sitting on a stool or something, so, it, like, it cuts to her singing, and then it cuts to, like, all of these, like, clips of, like, like an, like, urban setting. Uh, at one point, there's somebody with, like, a liquor bottle. Um, so, like, I feel like if you saw the music video in 1988, you would have, like, a much more clear idea of, like, what was happening in the song and what the song was mm-hmm. about than if you were just, like, listening to it on the radio as, like, an eight-year-old kid. Uh, which was my experience with the song for a lot of years. Um, yeah, I w- so I wish we could have watched it, but it's gone. It got disappeared somehow. I don't know. <laughs> you can only see Tracy Chapman performing live, which is also good and, and worth listening to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Are you ready to draw another song? Yeah. I guess it's time. It's on the floor. Oh, okay. Who's, whose turn is it? Who's drawing? All right. Moment of truth. Moment of truth. Uh, the song In We Danced by Macklemore. <laughs> so that would be a really great time and very different. And I'm kind of glad. Like, the last two songs were a little bit heavy, you know? Losing My Religion wasn't so... Yeah. It was less so, but... Yeah. This will be a good departure. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Losing My Religion... Like, there's some heaviness to it, but you could all... I don't know. There was also, like, controversies, always to be, like, lighthearted about the meaning. Yeah. Like, this song is just very straight No, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's just, a, like, a really sad song about the struggle of somebody's very hard life, mostly. Yes. Like, I think you did a really good job of pulling out some other things, so I'm glad you were here, because mostly I was just <laughs> like, well, America, it's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so tune in next week. Before we depart, however, I just want to encourage everyone again to please review and rate our podcast, um, however you're listening to it, whether you're listening to it on SoundCloud or on iTunes. We appreciate your reviews. We want to know if yeah. you're doing good work. If yeah. you have something shitty to say, don't, though. Like, fuck off. But everyone else, thanks so much. Um, and thanks so much for being on today, Sid. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming. If you do have negative feedback, you can email us directly. We would just prefer it if you email us we, directly. Do we even have an email? 
I mean, if someone's listening to it, they can probably figure out who we are. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> There's something negative. You can do it that way, I guess. All right. Have a great week. And we danced. Good night. And we cried. And we 